I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Mark, and this is... Spatial Report. Welcome to the Esri Canada podcast that connects our user community with the latest and coolest trends in the world of ArcGIS. On today's show... We go inside the Arc to introduce you to Arcade, the expression language used throughout the ArcGIS system. We'll give you the Coles notes on what Arcade does, where it will work, and how you can use it. Next, our ArcGIS Pro Geogeek will talk to us about what's new and cool with ArcGIS Pro 3.1. Finally, we'll end our show with another humiliating defeat of Mark Ho on M versus M. You can't spell giddiness without GIS, so let's get giddy. You kind of can. <laughs> I guess. The you, what do you mean? You, what are you talking about? They're not in a row. <laughs> not in a row. <laughs> Maggie Sampson, we are back for another podcast. How are you and how's your summer going? Hey, Mark, I'm doing great. My summer's been a lot of fun so far. A lot of time with my family and hanging out outside. Can't complain. How about you? I'm having the best summer. I bought myself a new vacuum cleaner the other day and (laughs) I am just amazed at what a good vacuum cleaner can do. So that's what I've been spending most of my summer, just vacuuming things. It's been it's been a delight. Wow, that sounds really exciting. I'm so glad that you're enjoying your purchase. That's that's great for you. <laughs> you know what else is delightful? Maps. Because well, it's true. that time. It's that time again for what's making us mappy. But this time, we're going to do it with a little twist. That's right. Recently, the Esri International User Conference was held in San Diego just a couple weeks ago. Thousands of GIS nerds gathered together for the latest scoop on what's going on in the GIS world. And many others were able to stream the opening plenary session and technical sessions online, including both of us. That's right. Yeah, we tuned into some of the plenary sessions and also some of the tech sessions. So we thought it'd be kind of cool that we would highlight one cool thing that we noticed from the UC and share that nugget of GIS goodness with you. So Maggie, why don't you get us started? What made you mappy from this year's user conference? There was a lot of really great stuff in the first couple sessions that I saw, but something that really stood out for me because it's just really exciting was a change that's made to ArcGIS dashboards. Um, There was a recent addition to the product where now it's actually has an option to build mobile views. So I love ArcGIS dashboards. I think they're such a great tool. It's my go-to option when I want to share you know, that spatial information in an easy to understand way. But a big limitation has been that if you set up this beautiful dashboard, you open it up on your phone or tablet and everything just looks not great, kind of squished. The functionality is not perfect. And they've added this new feature where you can build a separate display, a separate view for what it'll look like on a mobile device. You can simplify your content, move things around and get it working in a way that looks great, but is still actually usable and understandable For anybody who's checking out your products on their phone or their tablet, anybody on the go trying to get that information. That is so huge because I know we were building a whole bunch of dashboards during COVID and there was a lot of, you know, um, issues with people viewing them on their mobile devices. So now all of that's been addressed. So that's that's a huge, significant uh, uh, enhancement that's been added into dashboards. Love it. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have to say I'm pretty embarrassed about how some of my current dashboards look when you open them up on your phone. So I've got to go back and make some changes, which is which is a great option now. So pretty excited about that. Can't stop. Can't stop smiling from that new ad. Uh, But what about you, Mark? You saw lots of great stuff. What's making you mappy from San Diego this year? Oh, boy. You know, I'm not going to talk about something specifically technical. 
I want to I want to give a shout out to a demo. So during the plenary sessions, they do these mega demos, and one of the demos happened to feature something from my neck of the woods in Vancouver. Uh, so PCL Construction did a, a demo um, that highlights the construction of the new St. Paul's Hospital that's uh, going on in downtown Vancouver. This is like a huge deal for the city, a 1.7 billion dollar project. And, uh, and and PCL construction showed how they use GIS in the construction of this uh, of this new building, and uh, to me it's really interesting because it really highlights and shows the growth of GIS in the AEC space. That's the architectural engineering and construction space. And honestly, this demo kind of had a little bit of everything. So they had drones, they had site scan, they had BIM models. There was birds. There was a giant boulder. <laughs> there was like. Digital twins. It had all sorts of really cool things that uh, that, that kind of outline how they use the technology, and they also really doubled down as well. So they talked and when they used the hospital uh, to also highlight some of the new features in our mobile uh, technology. So they used uh, our data for uh, what's uh, new in field maps and in uh, quick capture and in survey one, two, three. So I just love it when we get to see um, demos of things that are real and that are really happening. So to actually see my hometown highlighted in one of these big mega demos was really cool too. So we'll provide that link if you didn't get a chance to see um, that particular demo or all of our plenary demos or, um, or, or technical sessions, uh, there's a number of links that we'll provide to you in our website. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I do remember that demo. I was pretty impressed how they got the birds to play along. <laughs> <laughs> but other than the birds, it was really impressive. So many exciting things that they're covering, and I definitely recommend people check that out. It is true, seeing a real project happening, you know, maybe not my hometown, but my home country. So it's still pretty exciting to see what they're doing. And thanks for sharing it, Mark. Absolutely. But- yeah. You got to check out those demos. And there were some, there were a number of really great presentations. And, you know, if you do get a chance to, to listen to the National Geographic presentation from the afternoon session, that was really remarkable. Um, it's almost like a master class in storytelling. So I really want to highlight that presentation, too. Great. Thanks so much. And then coming up next, we've got Inside the Arc. I mean, Inside the Arcade. To learn more about Esri's expression language, no Pac-Man and ping pong... No Pac-Man and pinball skills required. If you have worked with ArcGIS in the last little while, you've probably heard of Arcade, our flexible expression language that allows you to work with your data in real time. But some of you are saying, oh man, not another programming language to learn. But don't worry, Arcade has many powerful functions, is super simple to learn, and serves an important purpose within the ArcGIS system. To learn more about what Arcade is and what it can do for you, we're joined by Paul Barker. He is the product engineer with Esri Inc's Center of Geographic Sciences in Ottawa. But for this conversation, he joined us in person at our Tech Trek in Nanawasaga Inn, north of Toronto. Yeah, our Tech Trek is our annual retreat for Esri Canada technical staff to get together and learn what's new in our technology. So we thought it'd be really cool to have all of us in the same room to talk Arcade. But as you'll see or hear, the uh, setup wasn't ideal. The audio quality was not really up to snuff, but there's a lot of useful information in this interview and we didn't want to waste it. So here's our chat with Paul Barker. I guess we need to start at the beginning. So maybe for to describe for those who are maybe new to what Arcade is, what is it and how does it work within the ArcGIS system? Sure. Um, so Arcade is uh, an expression language that's used across ArcGIS and the whole idea of the language is 
Uh, it is an expression language that is portable between apps and different runtimes, and you can use it, um, you know, mostly in web maps in various places. Uh, it's not exclusive to web maps. There are some data data management things like attribute rules or field calculation where it gets exposed as well. Okay, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so it's great to hear about Arcade. But I, when I hear the term Arcade, it's it's not a language that I've heard of before. It's a new language that is specifically for our products, right? Um, and why is it that we do use Arcade instead of just using something like Python or JavaScript? What is Arcade special about? Why are we using it? Yeah, um, it's a great question. We get asked this a lot by users. Um, Arcade. Um, is definitely a language that is internal to ArcGIS. And I think the main motivation for going that direction was to make a language that really understood ArcGIS and geographic data, particularly how to uh, use spatial operators and uh, things like that and geometry functions to answer geographic questions. As to why we don't use Python or JavaScript, um, that really, you know, in the JavaScript context, uh, we wanted it to be secure and just opening up uh, the ability for users to inject JavaScript into pop-ups uh, opens a lot of security issues. Um, in a different vein, uh, Python is not as easily portable across all the different environments where we want Arcade to run. So um, those are some of the reasons we went that route. We also wanted it to be lightweight. We wanted the control uh, to be able to decide how it worked so that we could deliver functionality in the most efficient way possible. Right. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And once you begin to use Arcade, you begin to understand sort of those key principles. Um, I know um, one of the keys of Arcade is the idea that the expressions are honored downstream uh, in your maps and apps. So can you elaborate more on what that means? Yeah. Um, so we talk about Ar Arcade as being a portable language within the ArcGIS platform. And the idea is that uh, you can write that expression uh, work once and have it flow through the ArcGIS uh, system. So for example, if you were working in Pro and you added an Arcade expression to a pop-up and you decided to publish that layer to ArcGIS Online and create a map and then create a web application, maybe you pull that into Experience Builder, that all just works. And similarly, if you were to take that map and open it up in Field Maps, um, that expression would persist and execute in the same way. So we wanted it to flow through with your data um, so that you always have that extra context with the expressions that you've written. Well, that definitely makes things a lot easier. And it seems like one of the probably one of the bigger benefits to working with Arcade. Um, but if someone's new to it, what are some other reasons you might want to work with that? What are what are some of the other key benefits to using Arcade? Um, I, you know, I think certainly in the context of the uh, ArcGIS system, the uh, Arcade um, executes primarily what we would say client side. So within the browser or within the application, and that allows you to do a lot of interesting things. Uh, with the language that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do in a traditional GIS without doing geoprocessing. So, you know, if you were to look at um, maybe a, you know, a local municipal boundary and you could click on that municipal boundary, you could on the fly perform an intersect with another layer, look at, um, you know, whether or not that, that area has outdoor hockey rinks in the winter. And if so, how many? And answer various geographical questions on the fly without having to like pre-process and store that data. So it's, Quite empowering and that allows you to pull in and leverage information and say the living atlas that you don't own you can't uh you know easily manipulate potentially or it you know it's challenging or time consuming so you can take uh all those on the fly calculations and realize them in symbology and pop-ups and labeling and uh, things like that. 
things like that. Very cool, yeah. So I'm kind of a little bit of an arcade nerd. I've been dabbling with it for a little while. And I really noticed in the last, um, I don't know, in the last few months, there's this kind of a new experience on the on the editing side, especially on the web, right? So you have this new arcade editor that's out there. So can you highlight some of the things that, are, that have been added to the uh, editor to improve the experience for those who are writing their expressions? Yeah, it's certainly, uh, yeah, the, the new arcade uh, editor is something, you know, the team is really excited about. Um, we've put a lot of time and effort in looking at how people are using arcade and uh, trying to make that uh, authoring experience um, both approachable for new users who are just jumping in for the first time, but also for our sophisticated users who are writing hundreds of lines of arcade to give them the tools that they need to write efficiently that they expect in a modern IDE. So some examples of that. Um, you know, we've uh, have IntelliSense built in. We've yeah. we've taught um, we've taught the kind of code editor how to understand arcade. So you get the IntelliSense, you get integrated help. Um, we've expanded. Uh, we've kind of re-engineered the arcade engine under the hood to try and provide more meaningful error messages or warnings, so that we can recognize problems and uh, you know make the users aware of them before they're before they're running those those scripts. Um, there's, you know, we've expanded how the syntax highlighting works inside of the editor. So it's richer, it's, you know, there's more granularity in the coming release in June. We were, are pretty excited to announce that we are going to have, uh, improved accessibility for people with color deficiencies, um, with the syntax highlighting. So that's something the team's pretty excited about. Um, and we've reworked the help system that's built in. It still has the same familiar side panels, but they're, Every panel of information is searchable, whether that's profile variables, domains, when you drill into fields. For functions, we've brought more of the help into the editor so you can see examples of how to use that and inject those quickly into your code and just substitute the variables in. So wow. that's some of it. <laughs> There's um, a lot going on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot a lot of stuff that's going on in there and, and making it just easier for people to use and get the most out of it. Really great to see and, and be able to use ourselves. Um, I know you mentioned very briefly pop-ups earlier uh, on in our discussion, but we know there's a lot of really cool features that you can sort of do with Arcade in pop-ups. Um, could you just give us a little bit of insight of what that is or what options you have with those? Sure. Um, there's kind of two primary ways you can take advantage of Arcade in, in pop-ups today. There's a, um, you can write an Arcade expression that we, we call an attribute expression. And the idea is that that expression is meant to be used very similar to how a field in your feature layer is used. So anywhere as you can use a field in the pop-up, you can reference one of those expressions. They're great for, you know, lightweight, um, you know, sim simpler tasks or isolated um, uses. But uh, one of the things that we've seen uh, users, once they get a taste of Arcade, they start, uh, <laughs> it starts to expand and starts to grow. And, um, that, uh, particularly if you're querying other layers, some of those queries, um, you know, they start to add up over time and you might see the pop-up being slow. So we've introduced um, what we call the pop-up elements uh, through Arcade, and that allows you to write a single Arcade expression to define one of the existing pop-up content elements. So a list, a chart, or HTML. So you can use one Arcade expression to consolidate a lot of that logic reuse uh, some of the feature set queries and things like that, which call out to other layers and uh, basically make it faster, mm -hmm. uh, make it easier to manage. Mm -hmm. um, and it certainly opens the door to a lot of use cases that um, weren't possible before. And uh, one of the ones that I've, I've seen users uh, 
really take advantage of is being able to draw charts inside of the pop-up based on related related data and um, having the control to be able to say i you know i want all of these historical measurements i want them ordered by the date and so that they plot chronologically over over time on something like a line chart is a really um interesting way to visualize related data without having to scroll through all of the individual uh, records um, and easily more easily spot trends. I love it. I love how you can do that with the chart. You showed us something about that, that earlier. It's like, this is so cool. I love it. All right. So you mentioned something about the June release about accessibility in the editor. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, the June release is already going to happen. So maybe <laughs> highlight one or two things in that June release that our uh, arcade users will, 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 will take notice of. Sure. Um, the June release is a, a, I would say, generally a smaller update for arcade, but there are a few um, a few nice little enhancements in there. We're doing a lot of work for the longer term, uh, some longer term projects, but one of the ones that I think is particularly re- relevant uh, to folks in Canada who need to support multiple languages. Um, we've made it easier uh, inside of Arcade to get access to the language of the user looking at the map. Mm-hmm. So they that's done through, um, if they're signed in, in the ArcGIS online system, they will, will access their locale from their user profile. If not, if they're not signed in, they'll be able to, they'll be able to get that information from uh, the browser itself. And so, um, that opens up some really interesting use cases where you um, potentially could have one map and have, say, the pop-up change from French to English based on who's looking at it and their browser preferences. It's something that we want to grow and expand on. Um, the function is called Get Environment. It definitely tells you more than just the language. It tells you whether it's running in the web, what version of Arcade is being used, what application it's being consumed in. Um, there's a lot of things in there that are primarily, we'll say, for debugging purposes, potentially, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's, it's certainly from a creative side, you could have arcade expressions where the behavior changes between applications or between mobile and web. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting uh, function, but I think the, the biggest win there is just getting access to the language to, to try and make that experience more personalized to the audience that's viewing it. Yeah, that's really exciting. I know a lot of our bilingual clients are going to be pretty thrilled about that one. So really looking forward to that and to testing that out since we'll be able to use that uh, soon. Okay, so because I, unlike Mark, I don't have a lot of experience with Arcade. It's something that I would love to learn a little bit more about. And I'm great to have you here to tell me what I should be looking at and what the advantages are. Um, for someone like me, you, we've learned a lot right now in this discussion, uh, but what are sort of the three things, if I only remember those three things about Arcade that you think are kind of the key to take away? Um, I think, you know, the, the biggest uh, key takeaway is that, and I try and stress this uh, when I present to Arcade, is that you do not have to be an expert or a developer to get started with Arcade. Um, and there is a ton of resources, whether that's through blogs, uh, you know, the developer site has a dedicated resource page with presentations. Uh, the documentation itself has rich examples. So um, it's really easy to get some, you know, quick success in Arcade uh, through the resources available. And uh, don't be don't be scared to try. It's certainly, a, I think it's a very empowering uh, piece of technology that once you get going, it's, it's pretty hard to stop. Um, and it's even things just like removing, you know, all caps letters from uh, a value in the database to make it look more human friendly. Yes, absolutely. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a really important takeaway. And, really, and, and, and absolutely, as, as, as someone who is not a hardcore developer, being able to learn Arcade, you can learn Arcade very quickly and then be able to do some really cool things with Arcade down the road. That was Paul Barker, product engineer with Esri Inc. Center for Geographic Sciences in Ottawa, but joined us from the dungeon at the Nottawasaga Inn in Alliston, Ontario. Coming up next, we're talking all about what's new in ArcGIS Pro 3.1 with our ArcGIS Pro GeoGeek. It's time for the GeoGeeks, our regular segment where we bring in some subject matter experts to tell us what's new and interesting in one of our ArcGIS core products. Indeed, and we have saved the ArcGIS Pro GeoGeek, our best GeoGeek for last. Alison O'Brien is an ArcGIS support consultant and is also happens to be a tech support bestie with Maggie. And she is joining us today from Ottawa. Hello, Allison. Welcome to the pod. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Yeah, thanks, Allison. Like Mark said, Allison and I are besties from my tech support days, and she's still holding down the fort there, making sure our clients have everything working as expected in ArcGIS Pro. So, Allison. As it's your first episode with us today, we want to know what makes you a geek for ArcGIS Pro? Yeah, so I mean, I've been supporting ArcGIS Pro with our clients for about four years, but I've been using the software since 2016. So I've <laughs> loved seeing all of the improvements that have been made throughout the years. Um, but my favorite part about ArcGIS Pro is the user interface. So specifically the ribbon at the top of the application, it organizes all the tools so elegantly. The best part about that ribbon is that it's pretty intuitive. So it responds to what you're trying to do. So a little example of this would be that when you select a layer in your contents pane, some additional tabs will appear at the top that helps you work with that specific layer. So I love ArcGIS Pro. It's a great product. Love supporting our clients with it. Oh, it is really great. Those ribbons are a lifesaver, aren't they? <laughs> it just makes mm. everything so easy and intuitive. It's, just, it's the best. Um, all right. So I know we've been talking a bit about the user conference throughout the pod and the UC plenary this summer. Uh, they highlighted a lot of exciting new features that have come out with uh, ArcGIS Pro's newest release, 3.1. Uh, so maybe uh, give us a little highlights of uh, some of the things that you noticed um, about what's new in ArcGIS Pro. Yeah, definitely. I'll go over a couple. So some really cool new features are the scale-based label sizing. So this means that you can adjust the size of text symbols used for labeling uh, dynamically across their visual, visual, sorry, their visible scale range. So this helps reduce visual density at small, smaller scales uh, while retaining an appropriate relative size at larger scales. So the difference in label text size, um, it's quite subtle but this definitely helps the visual aspect of your maps. So a little quick note about this tool um, is that scaling properties tend to be different between maps. Um, so uh, scale-based label settings are not preserved when uh, the symbol is saved to a style. And then another one I'd love to talk about um, is called Calculate Composite Index. And it's available with your basic, standard, or advanced license type. Um, this tool combines multiple numeric variables to create one single index. So for those of you who don't know, 
an index is a number that measures a subjective interest. Um, so this is often something that's difficult to directly uh, measure or define. So an example would be like social vulnerability. Um, so this tool, it follows a three-step workflow, which is pre-process the variables, combine the variables, and then post-process the index. Um, so a little bit of an example of how this tool can be used uh, would be for an environmental protection department. So let's say they would like to create an air quality index to inform the public about pollution. Um, so they would collect data from monitoring stations corresponding to specific pollutants like carbon monoxide. Um, and then an analyst can run the Calculate Composite Index tool to combine the individual pollutant indicators into one single air quality index. So I have a feeling this tool will definitely help our users. Yeah, for sure. That tool is really exciting to me. I actually just recently got a chance to try it out and it's a huge time saver for anyone who's dealing with a lot of different features. So thanks for sharing that with our users. Another thing that we noticed a lot of talk about and a lot of push for during the the plenary was this new catalog layers. I've heard a lot about it, but I'm still not 100% sure exactly what that is. Could you tell us a little bit more about what catalog layers are? Definitely. We're really excited about catalog layers. So a catalog layer is a collection of item references to local shared data sets, layers and services and workspaces. So this would be data from various environments. Um, it's used to visualize and explore items as an organized group of layers, but based on the extent of a view. Um, so a catalog data set is created and stored in a geodatabase, and it establishes item references with the data that it includes. So I'd like to simplify this a little bit more. We have this mm -hmm. great analogy. So your catalog data set is a file cabinet. Each item reference to a data set, feature class, or service, for example, is a file in that cabinet. So you will frequently pull out the files you want to see, and the ones that you don't need right now are put in the back of the cabinet, but they're still in the cabinet. So when you zoom in on your map or out on your map, specific files in your cabinet will be pulled in or pulled out. Does that kind of make that, sense? That actually helps a lot with that with that analogy and that visualization because I was trying to picture in my mind how does this actually work, but I love that whole filing cabinet scenario. That makes that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm really curious about how users would work with catalog layers. So, do you happen to have a, a use case where you've actually seen these in action? Yeah, for sure. So um, I've seen users work with catalog layers, for example, in like a disaster response project. So the data in these types of projects are constantly evolving and the data is typically, typically coming from different groups, different organizations and in different formats. formats. So there's a lot of data for these types of response projects um, and they're not necessarily covering the exact same footprint. So using catalog layers um, in their ArcGIS Pro project, users are able to visualize the large amounts of data in their projects in a very organized way. Wow, definitely a super useful tool, especially for people with dealing with huge amounts of data. 
Thanks so much for explaining it a little bit more for us because it is kind of complicated, but it makes a lot more sense when you think of it in that file cabinet frame. So thanks for sharing it like that with us and definitely going to help out a lot of our users. So we've heard a couple of the new features and some of the ones at the plenary, but there's a lot of new stuff in Pro 3.1. And is there anything that really stands out to you as your personal favorite that you're sort of excited to get using? Yes, I would definitely say that my new favorite feature is pie charts. So because I work in support services, I get to interact with end users and discuss what they think is missing in the software or what they'd really like to have introduced. And pie charts was definitely high on that list. Um, so I know that this is definitely going to use um, be used a lot by our end users. So I'm very happy for them. Oh, man, I love pie charts. I love pie. So it's a perfect <laughs> tool. I love it. Fantastic. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing a lot of information about ArcGIS Pro 3.1 and about catalog layers. And hopefully this will inspire our listeners to uh, give them a try. So thank you for coming on to the pod. And we can't wait to uh, have you back to talk more ArcGIS Pro. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was Alison O'Brien, ArcGIS Support Consultant with Esri Canada. She joined us today from Ottawa. Up next, the M's battle for in GIS trivia for GIS superiority. All right, it's time where we wrap up another Spatial Report podcast with M versus M. Two hosts enter, one will enter the winner's circle, the other will be thrown to the wolves. Simple rules. Get three right answers first, you win and are the victor. Get three wrong answers first, and you have to read the dreaded outro. Maggie Sampson, I am so proud of myself because today's game is going to revolutionize all game shows. Okay, I'm a bit nervous. What do you have for me today, Mark? Well, rumor has it that Pat Sajak, he quit Wheel of Fortune because he's afraid of this game. Okay, I have no idea what this could be, but let's see. Today's game is called Tool or Fool. Okay, sounds exciting. All right, so I'm going to name a geoprocessing tool that is found in the current version of ArcGIS Pro. Mm -hmm. If you think it's a real tool, you're going to yell, you're a tool. (laughs) Okay, I have to yell. You have to yell that, yes. All right. And if you think it's a fake, you're going to yell, you're a fool. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So today, we're going to look inside the editor toolbox. Okay. ArcGIS Pro. Are you ready? I should be. I was just editing this morning, but I don't know. I'm feeling nervous today. Okay. So the first tool, Densify. Uh, you're a tool. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it, because it's a silly word. (laughs) You're correct. Yay. Yay. Yeah, the Densify tool adds vertices along lines or polygon features, and they basically replace true curves. So you have Hmm. a true curve, and you just want to put some line segments instead. That's what Densify does. Yay. Nice. That was a real guess. (laughs) All right, one down. I love it. Okay, here comes the next one. Snap. You're a tool. Easy one. What? That is too easy. Oh, my god. I used it this morning. You couldn't have known, though. (laughs) How evil are you? Okay, so what does it do? 
well, it will snap two features together. You can set it up with a threshold distance and you can say, you know, I want all these points to be touching either a vertice or edge or endpoint of another feature like a line and say within 50 meters and boom, it'll snap them all together. Very handy. Very handy. Very nice. And that is absolutely correct. I, I want to do my whole, it's getting, getting, getting kind of heavy, but uh, we'll save that for another. Okay. <laughs> That's old school reference, people. Look it up. Listen. All right. Snap. All right. Never mind. Okay. Here we go. To right. So man, you're almost at the, at the Victor circle here. Okay. I think this is, I think this is a tough one. Clean. Okay. I, I know... You're a tool. <laughs> no! There's got to be something close, right? <laughs> so clean is the good old days of ArcMap, oh. where you would build topologies on coverages with the clean tool. But that no longer exists in ArcGIS. No, I knew I'd seen it before. So long ago, though. You got me. Nice one, Mark. There you go. I am here to deceive. So it's two to one. Mm. All right, let's see if I can get you on this one. Delete fields with an S. Uh, oh, you're a tool, sure. Oh, <laughs> no. No, there's no S. Okay, so this is kind of an evil one. Maybe I should be dinked on this, but there is a delete field tool. No, you're specific. You you were where you can actually delete a field or a, a number of fields. Oh. And it's not in the editor toolbox. It is in the data management. Oh, toolbox. I honestly forgot we were in the editor toolbox. So good reminder. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah, glad you're listening. Hey, no, All I right. just thought it was only one. I've drifted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't drift now because it's two to two. I know. You've got one more that's going to decide it all. And here it is. Flip line. You're a tool. Darn it! You are <laughs> indeed a tool. Oh, how dare you? So yes, flip line reverses the from and to direction of line features. Which makes a lot of sense. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to switch the direction. So yeah, flip it. Oh, what does <laughs> this mean? It means I gotta read again? Yeah, yeah, you know you do. To be fair, I honestly thought it was just called Flip, but hey, might as well guess they're all tools. My chances were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a good strategy to life, too. All right. With the victor comes the spoils. Here we go. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Spatial Report. Please check out our website at esri.ca slash spatial report to learn more about the topics that we covered today. You can subscribe to our monthly Getting Technical newsletter that highlights all of the latest news in our technology. And don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Geographical Thinking, where we take you inside your GIS stories. This podcast is brought to you by Esri Canada, a technology company that empowers people and organizations by the science of where. Maggie Sampson, we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Yeah, sounds good. Talk to you next month. Happy mapping, everybody. Happy mapping, everybody.